Now boarding for Rebuild of Joycast, your weekly destination for anime, manga, and more. Oh, Joycast, the sky burns. What happened? I thought I thought I bombed this train last week. Oh, oh yeah, shoot! I kind of just muffed the uh, the continuity of our show here. I haven't. No, the train alive. was fine. It was the weakest bomb. It was it was practically a. It was like it was like a it was like a glitter bomb at the end. Ha <laughs> ha! Real funny. Wow! Ever ever you got everyone in the whole train laughing. Oh, what's this? My hero academia. Fuck! I just want to play Elden Ring. I know that's why that's why I started with my intro was because everyone just wants to play Elden Ring right now. But no, <laughs> we need to talk about anime and manga right now as we do every week. Or specifically this week, we need to talk about the fact that it's ending. I mean, not all anime and manga, but for us shonen trash. We are in the middle of, like, a major extinction event, man. The end of an era. I was just brought to my attention that... I mean, I mean, obviously, we've already been talking about the fact that My Hero is in the middle of its endgame right now. Fire Force just ended. Tokyo Revengers is in Wait, its wait, whoa, final whoa, whoa, arc. whoa, 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 whoa. Fire Force ended? It ended. Did you not read it? No, no, I didn't. It ended as a, it ended as a, I mean spoilers, but you don't know us. We don't. We're not really. I, I'll I'll say it. I know I know about the damn it, it. It ended a couple days ago. Shit. Yeah, it's a it's it's literally a prologue to Soul Eater. Yeah, no, I've seen that, but then there's confusion because there's like a reference. It might be anime exclusive because I didn't read the manga. Uh, it, it didn't exactly. It was cool. I thought it looked good and everything, but it didn't grab me. I kind of feel like. As cool as he is with his, like, aesthetic and everything. It's something that we didn't mention last week. I feel he's not out of touch, but he's, like, still in, like, that 2000s kind of humor and everything. And I, I just, I'm just not into it anymore. No, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like, Fire Force, to me, was just a little um, antiquated. Mm. But it was solid, and people really enjoyed it. Like, I never kept up with it, but I kind of peeked in every once in a while, as I did with the ending here. And yeah, it is straight up just a prologue to Soul Eater. It ends like literally Death the Kid is literally made in the image of Shinra, the protagonist of Fire Force. That's cool. I, I don't know how I feel about that though. Because I, I was about to say, in the anime, I know there's a bit where this guy's in some kind of cafe and it's supposed to be like this big reference to Soul Eater. And behind him, you literally hear Spirit talking about Marka and how his daughter hates him and shit. So that, that's like led to some people, I, I saw a comment being all like, wait, if he only made the world at the end, then what is, uh, and it's like, yeah, I, I guess it really doesn't matter because it's probably not even a manga bit for all I know. No, they did it. He remade the world and everything. How, how do yeah. you feel about that? Because I've got all but like four volumes of Soul Eater on my shelf. So I don't know how I feel about this. Me? It's, I mean, I like, I, I think it's funny when mangakas and writers of all kinds connect their universes it's like it's, it's, it's your world buddy do whatever you want with it and um again like like fire force soul eater is something i peeked into but now that this is all wrapped up i want to give soul eater the same do i gave one piece and i want to read it in detail now but i i like i like i like how they connected it all i'm aware that we have a full metal alchemist situation with soul eater where the anime has deviated from the original. And I feel like now more than oh, ever- do we? Is the anime deviating like really hard from the original? Well, Soul Eater, Soul Eater did. Oh, oh, I thought we were still on Fire Force. Yes, yes it did. I mean, no, 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 no that's what I want to say is like, I, the ending of Fire Force puts us in such a prime position to do a new Soul Eater anime. I genuinely believe it's time. 
I think it's time to reintroduce that to people. It would be cool. Like, like in, in the same vein that Full Metal Alchemist did. Well, it, it's funny that this is happening now because literally the other day for my little anime club, uh, we watched a lot of One Piece. We rewatched Little Garden. That arc is a lot better than I remember with Boggy and Groggy. I mean, um, Broggy and Dory. The giants and the dinosaur island. Yeah, me and Stina um, watched that arc together and um, it's so delightful. It, it, that, that's classic One Piece. Mm -hmm, it is. Um, it's not peak One Piece, but it's classic. And then when everyone that we were watching One Piece was left, it was just me and my other mate, uh, Adam. You know, Adam. Uh, I was like, hey, Adam, you know, I realize uh, you've mentioned you haven't watched and I'm kind of interested in watching it again, specifically because of Fire Force. And he's watching Fire Force, funnily enough. Uh, I was like, let's watch Solia. And we got yep. two episodes in, and then we were like, okay, save the rest for later. So it's going to be interesting watching that again, and I might just peek into the manga again. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Our anime club and the joyride end, um, we, we still have not recovered since dropping off Zatch Bell. And I feel like I'm, we're waiting for one that really grabs people, and I'm, I kind of want to test the waters with Soul Eater now. I want to see if that grabs the boys. Soul Eater is cool, I feel, on an aesthetic level, but I'm really not sure how the humor is going to like jive with me. Exactly. Now. That's what I'm trying to figure out. So I might do a test mm. around myself. Because um, literally, the thing that turned me off Fire Force, I was enjoying it for the first couple episodes, but then, and as you know, this stuff usually doesn't bother me, but it got to that cat girl. It bugged a lot of people. Yeah, and, and the running gag is that she always ends up naked somehow or in these, like, humiliating positions. Him grabbing whatnot. her fucking boobs. Yeah, I, I exactly. No, that's I dropped off. For the same reason, I dropped off too. Well, that it didn't make me drop off immediately. It was when, it was when, she gets into a very intense situation with a character that she cares dearly for, and it turns out that this dude with, like, stars in his eyes is, like, evil. Even though he's part of like the best squad in this in the series or something, he's like part of the number one squad, as far as I'm aware. And um, she brings him a bunch of kids who want to meet him and everything. And it turns out he is part of the group that is turning people into burnish. Is that what they call them? Something like that. So the main character comes and saves her, and, and like uh, he is like messing her up as well. Like th this bad guy. And, and she's, like, stripped naked, as usual, but it's not taken as a gag. It's, like, a really serious situation. She's in tears, begging and hoping that this person that she looked up to for ages, th that this is all some kind of dream and everything. It's a really intense thing. And then the main character comes in to save her, and the episode ends on her being... <laughs> and then the next episode started... And what do they do? They make a joke about the fact that she's naked. Yeah, yes. And that she's like in this situation. As welcome, usual, and like, welcome to one fuck. of the biggest like antiquated like issues of Shonen. I have the same issue with Eden Zero. See, I, I don't think it's a Shonen. I think it is just down to the author and what they like. It's, it's not the just it's the author. Go, I, I, I try to try to shove Eden Zero down your throat. Try to have a palate for that. It's just nothing but fucking molestation. It's fucking disgusting. It's it's so boring. Oh, oh, is that the new the new fucking from Fairy Tale? That's not shonen. That's um, I mean, it, 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 it's shonen. It's it's, 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 it's the genre. It's Kodansha, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the genre. I'm yeah, talking yeah, about the yeah, genre. Yeah. Oh, okay, of okay, okay, okay. Because no, Fire Force is also Kodansha, I do believe. Fire Force is not on Jump, believe it or not. It's a weird thing, actually, because sometimes isn't that crazy? My mate brought up something that I swear didn't belong to Jump, but he was like, it's on Viz, and I'm like, 
Like, what a grip that jump has on the... I mean, maybe it's different. Maybe Japan, they know better. But in, in the States, you think jump is, like, the one-shop stop for Shonen. And it's not true. There's multiple magazines. But if there's two slapping mitts, it's Weekly Shonen and Jump. And Weekly Shonen, that's Fire Force and Eden Zero and Hajime no Ippo. That's on Weekly Shonen. For, wait, is Hajime no Ippo a weekly series? Apparently. It's kind of like the One Piece situation where Morikara-sensei kind of just takes the time off when he feels like it. He's got that tenure. He's got that tenure. He's got he's got tenure. He's grandfathered in when he's like, hey, I want to take the week off. And they go, whoa, whoa we can't whoa, stop we can't ever say We can't ever really say that these people are grandfathered in. Can we? Because doesn't grandfathered in mean that like someone that they know got them in. I, I, to me, it's always been like you're like a founding father kind of situation, oh. where you you've always been there. It, it it might be apt, or like I, I'm going I'm going to look at what Wikipedia says. Anyone could edit it. Ivan might be editing it right now to fit his narrative. Yeah, I could I could I could be vandalizing Wikipedia right okay. now. Okay, is a provision in which an old rule continues to apply to some existing situations, while a new rule will apply to all future cases. Okay, you know what? Yeah, it works. It works. Yep, it works. Okay, I'm just talking about like the fact that. Tokyo Revengers, although we have not actively read it, apparently as successful as Tokyo Revengers is, another weekly shonen, I do believe, also in its final arc. I, I heard that a while ago, and I, I think that probably is, because it's been going for a while, I believe. A solid run, but but rel relatively quick, though. Relatively quick. I will say, I, and I'm pretty sure no one else heard about it until the anime. Yes and no. Yes and no. Like, active readers knew it, what it was. But, like, I will say, yeah, Shonen Trash, like me, yeah, we didn't know till the anime. But, yeah, it's already wrapping up. Um, Mashal, already wrapping up. N never read it. Never I read the, I read when it started, and I'm like, it's solid. It's it's a solid comedy Shonen, and that's on Jump. And that's kind of where I'm getting at, is the fact that Jump is really losing some big hitters. Like I said, uh, we'll, we'll get to the My Hero discussion soon, but uh, I would like to talk about Dr. Stone. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Uh, like, I'd say, like, last week, we were like, oh, wow, we're entering the final... Sorry, we're in the final arc. We're in, like, the climax. And there's still more, a little more to go. We'll be okay. Then suddenly, like, a couple days ago, Shonen goes, Dr. Stone wraps up in two weeks. And it's like, okay, gotta make room for those newbies? Like, that's gonna be fast. It's like Hunter's Guild all over again. Like, yes, it could... Dr. Stone could wrap in two chapters. But if what's currently going on, the climax, my God, Dr. Stone really fizzled out at the end. I haven't read it, and maybe you can tell me, but... I'm going to tell you, I, I, in previous episodes, I said, Val, you should read this now? Yeah. How about I just spoil it for you, because... Go on. I, I, I will say this from what I know. I, I, I've popped my head in, I've popped myself out of my hole, and taken a look. And sometimes it feels like maybe they don't care anymore. It's not they don't care anymore. It's the fact that Dr. Stone, it's treated like, Dr. Stone was very successful. I need to, let's, let's assert that oh, yeah. immediately. It was very successful. It's anime is very well deserved. It's good. When it came out, I believe when we started talking, I was like, hey, have you read Dr. Stone? I think it's going to be like one of the new big hitters. Yes. And it's true. And I do believe it's a big hitter. But from a sales perspective, and in Shonen's eyes, they treat it like a disappointment. Because everyone's chasing Demon Slayer now. People need to understand that Demon Slayer was a freak of nature. I'm still, based on what I've seen about Demon Slayer, surprised 
it is it, it actually beat One Piece in sales. Actually, I'm not surprised. I like, think Demon Slayer. I, I think Demon Slayer is well deserved, but its success is well deserved. But it is a freak of nature. That just grabbed people at the right time. It grabbed the zygote. It was like Attack on Titan. Look back at the Attack on Titan manga. There's no, like, if you if you go back in time and show someone the Attack on Titan manga, the way it looks, the way how dour the story is, people would go, yeah, I can see why people like it, but I can't see why that is such an international phenomenon. Because it's just a freak of nature. So many things just went right at once. A lot of well-deserved success and a lot of luck as well. It got everything going for it. Dr. Stone is very solid, but it wasn't very lucky. I would say Attack on Titan, if anything, simply had the best intro to its story that really grips Western audiences. Well, to me, well, it goes back. I've had this discussion a long time ago in podcasts that even predated Saturday Jump, where I discussed the fact that Attack on Titan, again, like Demon Slayer, it came at the perfect time. It came at a zeitgeist internationally, not just America, but across the world. We were super into the apocalyptic genre. We liked zombies. This was at the height of The Walking Dead. Right now, marketing for Attack of Titan is a modern epic. They treat it with, like, respect now. When it first came out, they said, it's Japan's Walking Dead. That's how it was marketed. It was literally in quotes in the marketing. This is Japan's Walking Dead. And and, and, and the way we talk about it now... We go no, it's Flesh Gundam. It's it, it's just it's just a very clever uh, mecha anime now, um, with a very controversial uh, antagonist slash protagonist, and um, it's it, it's deserving of a lot more than of its initial marketing. But like I said, we we are tangenting right now. But I, it's <laughs> worth talking about the fact that the anime is ending. All this generation of manga are ending, and the, one of the biggest frontrunner of its anime, Attack on Titan, is ending. And um, right now, Doctor Stone ending and i'm going to kind of give you a very brief synopsis because really that's all you need for dr stone the last time i brought up dr stone to you val it was at the start as they said the start of their final arc there was another world petrification event and the only survivor was suika and so suika starts over like senku did and gets and works their way up to revival fluid over the course of seven years and um, it's a really great turn, very emotional. We get a very brief little filler arc where it's just the core cast return, which they really needed because Dr. Stone has way too many fucking characters. And the, how rushed the ending seems to be now is a testament to that because, oh my God, there's so many characters that we are just blatantly ignoring now since this last petrification event happened. And uh, so you have Suika, Senku, Chrome. It's the core cast. They are revived. They travel to India. They revive Ryusui's. This is the most greedy man in the world. The most greedy man in the world. Who the, the billionaire. Um, the guy who who runs their ship. He's the ship captain. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They revive his brother, who was going to school in India. And they basically, basically, as soon as they are revived, they go, yeah, it's time to go to the moon. We're building our rocket ship. We're going to moon. All those Americans we just fought, they are petrified. They are not our problem now. <laughs> what, the, the, the evil scientist guy? They revive him, though. They bring him along because they need him. But they go, hey, the rest of your guys are frozen. You listen to us now. He goes, fine. I want to build a rocket. Who, who doesn't want to build a rocket? 
So they go to the India, they revive Risui's brother, who is a computer expert. Because to get to the moon, they need to build a computer. And so they do. They work their way up and they essentially build a Nintendo Entertainment System. That's that that's what they that's their equivalent to moon travel computer, which is very fucking clever and I love it. So they do that, then they start building the rocket. And they trial and while they're trial and airing their rocket tech, they start training their astronaut team. Only four astronauts or three, only three get to go to the moon. They need a warrior, a scientist, and a pilot. Because they're building a rocket, but it's a very rudimentary rocket. It's gonna be small. They need the smallest essential crew. And I love this callback. This goes back to the ending of the Stone Wars arc, where Sukasa has that conversation with Senku before he's frozen. But he says, hey, if you were go if you were to go to outer space, who would you take on your crew? And so this is actually a very nice little wholesome arc where they do discuss. And you think the thing the people you think are gonna go to the moon aren't the ones who go to the moon. There's actual debate between Senku and Chrome about which scientist is going to be on the moon because Senku is the most brilliant person on their team, but it requires a bit more. You've got to be physical too to go to the yeah. moon. It's a, it's, you've got to, you've got to have some stamina there. So there's a bit of a debate there. That's interesting. Uh, Sukasa and Kuhaku and Hyoga are candidates for the warrior. It's not just Sukasa. There might be someone who's better because Kuhaku's also serviceable warrior who also has other additional skills. Again, you're trying to be efficient. So Tsukasa has a final fight with Kohaku and kind of passes the torch on her. No, you'll go to the moon, which is great. Then you have Ryusui. He's the captain of the ship. Why wouldn't he be the pilot, right? He's so incredible. But then even Ryusui himself goes, I'm so greedy, but I'm also pragmatic. There definitely is someone better than me. It's Stanley, the guy with the cigar, the American soldier. Oh, yeah, the very effeminate person, right? Yes, that was the David Bowie. Looking motherfucker. Okay. They Starman. He yeah. So literally they literally Starman. He's literally Starman. Um, and so they decide on him, and this is a great. It's it's a nice little breath of fresh air of arc, and then, boom, they're on the moon. It's Senku, Stanley, and Kohaku are on the moon, and there's a little side arc because you have to have Chrome and Suika because like I said, there's too many characters that aren't doing anything. But my god, if you if you do Suika and Chrome dirty, you have failed in your story. So they get a little arc where they talk about the fact that the rocket is so rudimentary, they have to make a one-way suicide run. Basically, Kohaku, Senku, and Stanley are going to the moon, and then they're going to petrify themselves after the mission. Because they can't come back. Oh. This is so that's the drama element of that of that little testing arc. But in the end, Suika and Chrome build an escape pod. They are, they are able to fit on the rocket. Oh, okay. So they can come back. Oh, okay, good. Which I'm like, man, I wish they would have held on to that a little bit longer, but I understand you can't really sneak an escape pod on a rocket. Even in a, something as fantastical as Dr. Stone. Okay, it's like Final Fantasy V. In Final Fantasy V, uh, if a character, like, dies in the final fight with the final boss, uh, they, they, like, slip into the darkness and they don't come back in the ending. And, until the very end where it's revealed, like, oh, no, they do get back. Eventually, they're just not there to enjoy like, you know, the laurels and celebration and everything like that at the end. Well, what, what the initial, what Senku's original plan was that they were going to petrify themselves on the moon. And so when humanity was saved, when it reached a point where they could do regular moon travel again, they could come back and pick them up. See, I, I would have been fine with that. That's what I'm saying. I thought that was sick. Yeah, that's sick. I thought that was awesome. And they just undid that. They just use it as a kind of a hanging dramatic element, but then right before they go to the moon, they go, nope, we built an escape pod. You're good, Senku. 
thumbs up. Yeah, no problem there. It's like, mm. man, that would have been such a great ending. No, I agree. Like, it it's like, ends with, like, some astronauts or whatever, like, you know, on the moon. It's, like, all really beautiful art and everything. And then, like, oh, what do they uncover? Like, I don't know, one of Senku's bloody antenna things. They, like, swipe yeah, the dirt hair. away. And there's his, like, you know, cracked up stone face. Dr. And there stone. There is, yeah. End. Yeah, exactly. And that would have been amazing. But, no. But here's the thing. There's two chapters left. They could still pull that shit off. Because they might... Who, who knows? Because here's where I'm getting at. So they go to the moon. Well, they go. They, they get into orbit, and immediately their computer fries, and they're hmm. spinning out of control. They they have to build their spaceship in orbit, and they got a part that's spinning out of control. They're like, oh damn, and they're like, oh no, we have no visual because our computer's fried. But guess what? T to no one's surprise, Ryusui has snuck onto another part of the ship that they've launched into orbit. And now he's how many people? Him. Wait, wait, wait! How how many people did they fucking like contingency plan? Like, oh, we gotta make this thing a little bit like you know, add more rockets or whatever to this thing because uh, there's probably gonna be a few assholes who decide to sneak aboard. Yeah, that's exactly what basically happened. So now you have Ryusui also joining them, and he brings them the new computer part. He just happens to have it on him. Truly, Senku is a genius, Ivan, because he has it, the it, foresight. This is, this is the moment. He has the this foresight. This is the moment where you realize that they are rushing to the finish line. Yeah. Because this happens really fast. Then the next chapter, they're on the moon. They travel through space. Are you sure they still care? Well, it still looks great. Oh, no, I'm sure it does look great. But I, I mean, in terms of, like, writing, like, do you think maybe the author... They're wrapping up. They're, they're trying to wrap this up quickly because they got to make room for all these new fucking stories that suck. So, they're on the moon. And they drive on the moon. And while they're driving, again, if you were called the Y-Man... That's the enemy they're trying to find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is an arc, and, it, and this is a callback where he sounds like Senku. And was, and while they're driving, Senku's backs turn everyone. They keep their petrification devices in a vacuum, in these little vacuum-packed capsules. Mm -hmm. And Senku says, hey, open up the capsule. And everyone goes, what? Why would we do that? And Senku goes, that was not me. So they're like, oh, damn. Do not open up the capsule. And then all of a sudden, inside the capsule... They start, Senku's voice goes off again and starts trying to activate it. So they open it up and they throw it before it goes off and stops them. Oh, shit. And they're like, damn, Y-Man knows we're here. What's going to happen? They go to the dark side of the moon and they find Y-Man. Y-Man is a collective consciousness of Medusa devices. The Medusa devices, it is not explicitly stated what they are. But subtext tells us that this is an alien parasite. These devices have free will of their own. They are an artificial intelligence. It's just a giant eldritch horror combination of Medusa devices. And it makes sense. Hmm. That why would... Why, how would someone live on the moon all those years? From the start of the event to now? Thousands of years. Because it's not a person. It's an artificial intelligence. Now... Why is it doing what it is doing? It's an alien parasite. It requires an advanced civilization to live. Because it's a device. It requires maintenance. What it does is it travels. It travels across the universe when it surmises our advanced civilizations or has the potential to be. And it petrifies them. And it says, alright, if you are smart enough... You will break out of petrification. You will naturally go through the phases of rebuilding civilization with your best scientists. 
and you will eventually discover the devices. This artificial intelligence is very narcissistic in that it believes that there is... They, they, they think that humanity loves the idea of petrification. The fact that in their hands, they have the power of immortality. And, and, and this artificial intelligence believes that if they reset humanity and only the scientists live and they find these devices, they will want more of these devices and they will make more. They will maintain more. So that is how Y-Man proliferates across the universe. It's the fact that we are so alluring as a device, we will show ourselves to you and you'll want more of us. And Senku says, nah, we're good. And he's already demonstrated this. The fact that when they discover the devices and they decided not to make more, they just wanted to find more stuff and rebuild and go find the Y-Man and go on their mission. That's the reason why Y-Man starts going, why, 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 why? Why don't you want us? And then the next message they get, the second message that they get is, do you want to die? Which, in, in, when that originally happens in the manga, they perceive that as a threat. When it was actually a genuine question from Y-Man. Okay. Why don't you want us? You don't want immortality? Do you want to die? I, because basically, right now, Y-Man is definitely in position to kill them all. And Senku goes, we are in an impasse right now. We don't want what you have to offer, but we don't want you to kill us. The chapter that this week just wrapped up, Senku has stated, Hey, you and me, Y-Man, one-on-one, let's negotiate. And so this is apparently what's going to be the last two chapters. Senku is going to make some kind of deal with the Medusa devices. What that deal is, we don't know yet. We will find out in two chapters when it ends. My theory is the fact that Senku is going to create a symbiotic relationship between humanity and Medusa device. Like, again, all these callbacks. The fact that Taiju always jokes about creating a smartphone. I believe that the Y-Man is going to become the new smartphone for humanity. Um, that it's going to be like everyone's going to get their own individual Medusa device. And that device, the way it communicates through radio waves, literally it is the perfect smartphone. It requires no network. It, 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 the, the, the device itself is its own network. Anyone can communicate with anyone regardless of language. Hmm. So what this does is it creates, it creates a perfect scientific collaborative community. Anyone can communicate with anyone at any given time. It's free information. Senku is literally going to like, in my eyes, this is the way I would end it. Senku is literally going to like redefine civilization in this one swift move because you really can't keep secrets and go to war with each other and have agendas when literally you can communicate with anyone you want at any given time. Knowledge and information is so powerful and when it's in the hands of everybody, it is now a pure scientific world. That will may come with its own problems, but it's definitely a huge shakeup and it's definitely a proper finale. I, th I think it's very much appropriate for Senku. What's going to happen to Senku? I think Senku's gonna get taken away by the Y-Man. I think he's gonna go travel the universe. <laughs> I think I think I think Senku is, is is going to elevate. I don't know actually. I don't know if you can have a story with such a massive, bustling, frankly overinflated cast. And then have the character be like, 
Yeah, I don't care. I'll, I'll go travel the universe. I don't need my friends. I think that's what's gonna happen. I, I, I think we we need a cost. We need a cost. And I think Wyman's gonna say deal, but we need you because you've like figured out a, a new way for us to live. Like I, I feel like Wyman's going to be impressed with it's Senku. It's the intergalactic kids next door. I like how our minds was the same place. <laughs> it's literally gonna end like the ending of Kids Next Door where there's a greater universe out there that needs Senku's help and Senku's gonna go. It may, it just makes sense. There needs to be a energy is not created or destroyed. When you, when you make a scientist, when you make a chemical reaction, there are pieces, there are things that, that there is a cost. Equivalent exchange, Ivan. We're yeah, anime, I, yeah, I get our heads go to the same fucking place. <laughs> for, for the nerd, for the anime otaku in our audience, uh, yeah. instead of chemistry, how about we talk about alchemy instead to, for, for you to better understand. There's a cost. You can't take it from nothing. The why the if the Y man's going to make this deal, they're going to take Senku with them. Hmm. I think that's where we're going here. Well, I'll, I'll admit. Uh, at first, I was like, "Wow, it really does sound like maybe they don't do not care about Doctor Zen. They are just trying to like get it done." No, but the narrative, the way I just described it, no, that last is bit, that actually last bit quite really interesting. Good. No, no, it I, sounds I, really good, and I think is very good. The problem is how we got here, and how we have now just suddenly approached the ending. There was very little peril. The worst, the most perilous thing that happened was when they were constructing the ship in orbit, there was a bit of a mess that Ryusui like instantly fixed, even though that like undid his moment of sacrifice where he was like, hey, Stanley, you go to space. I don't the greatest man in the universe, but you go to space instead of me because I know better. I want to make that sacrifice. And that's completely undone immediately. And then they go to the moon and then they meet the Y man. And there was really not much of a struggle there. And now it's ending. The deal has been made. Fascinating but not perilous for what was essentially very much an adventure manga. Hmm. So there, I feel I feel like the general audience is going to feel cheapened. I'm very happy with it. I just feel like it fizzled. I, I look back at the Stone Wars, and I look back at the quote-unquote prologue arc and Treasure Island, and I feel like this was a bit of a betrayal, considering that this was ultimately an adventure. And we got to the moon. It was cool, but the moon... Very much in itself wasn't much of an adventure, and that's very disappointing. That is understandably disappointing. It's not bad, hmm. but it's disappointing. I thought the moon would have more going on. It's funny actually that I bring up Final Fantasy V as well because I'm pretty sure they go to the moon at the end because the final boss is a giant, pissed off, evil tree on the moon made out of corpses. That's pretty metal. Oh, dude, it's very, very fucking metal. You made it sound like Dr. Stone had really lost its way at first, but no, I agree. That, like, final act that's going on right now sounds really friggin' interesting. That, that I'm, I'm actually down with all of that, Steez. It just doesn't sound very well earned in getting there. It just, yeah, it was very fast because they, they, they seemed to be in a hurry to finish it. But th that's not dissimilar to how we feel about My Hero Academia lately, yeah. is it? Yeah, but I just want to get one last, one last thing because I don't think we're going yeah, to My Hero just ahead. yet because... We need to go back to talking about the new shonen here. Dr. Stone is being rushed out the door. Mm. For what? Because they call, they consider Dr. Stone a disappointment. But how the fuck do you expect... I'm not going to say its name, but you know what I'm going to say. You, you expect that manga to carry this torch. To be that fascinating. To be that unique and interesting. Then you have the new ones. Uh, I, I, last week we talked about Gachi Akita. That's not Jump. I made the mistake of saying that was Jump. That's also Weekly Shonen. Weekly Shonen is kind of kicking Jump's ass right now. Oh, yeah? They've got better options. Because what does Jump have right now? 
for the newbies. They just got Akane Banashi, which is not going to last. And as well as they snuck a new one, they stuck a new one overnight on us called Earth Child yeah. by Hideo Shinkai. Um, Val and I read this last week, like mm. literally right after the podcast. They snuck this in and we read it and we both went, this is really good. This is really good. So what's the problem? It doesn't feel like it belongs on Jump. Jump is, I mean, pun intended, taking a bit of a leap on this one. I've been very excited to hear, like, your, your, you know, actual, like, full thoughts on this. And if this was just a one-shot, it's a very solid one-shot. It's just the fact, so let me, let me, let, let, let's start at the beginning. Earth Child by Hideo Shinkai. This is the guy who assisted Araki on JoJo's Steel Ball Run. This guy, this guy's learned from the best. He's also got some originals on his belt. Soul Catchers and Lightwing. I haven't read them. Nope. I've heard that Soul Catchers is relevant enough to be on his pedigree, like to be advertised on the cover of Shonen Jump. So this is apparently a big deal. But for us normies in the West, apparently not. Um, but in regards to what it is, it's the story of a man who is rescued by a woman who has superpowers. It begins like you would think an isekai would, where he's about to get hit by Truck-kun. And then... Woman jumps to the way, lifts the truck. Don't worry, I've saved you. Thanks, strong woman. I am now in love with you. She takes a picture of him, via men in black style, and erases his memories. He wakes up the next morning. I don't remember anything, but I do remember this really hot superpower chick. I must find her. He immediately finds her. She's touched. Wow, I erased your memories, but you remembered me? Shit, let's date. Uh, they do date. It's a believable, very nice romance. Um, but her job is very deep. She's a secret agent superhero. Uh, she's what it's called an Earth Child. These are people who are at random, born in the name Earth Child. The Earth chose them to be protectors of the Earth. Um, she has a set of superpowers, and she's one of... She's either one of a kind or one of a very short few. Mm. They start dating... There's a bit of conflict. She's like, hey, this is a very dangerous job. I could die someday. He says, I don't care. She goes, great. They get married. I'm not doing the romance justice. It's actually a very believable romance. It's very touching. It's very sweet. I trusted that you would bring that up. I was going to say, let's not beat around that. It is. It's very good. I really like this. I, do I like too. this better than most romance shonen, apparently, on this magazine. I love that her eyes, by the way. Look like the planet Earth. But the problem is, is that then she goes on one final mission and she dies. But before then, they do have a child. And the child is another Earth child. And that is where the promise of more. That's where it ends, is now this man must raise this Earth child on his own. That's going to be the series. To which I say, the cover teases me with hot superpowered girl. Instead, we're getting shown in about a man raising a child... A single dad raising a child. I mean, I'm sorry, but I have Yatsubato. Why do I need this? Yatsubato will kick that Earth child's ass. So sorry. But the reason why... But that being said, though, it's a really solid romantic one-shot that has now segued into an ongoing series about raising a superpowered child, I assume. Eh, uh, okay. What else is new? Like, you had something new. You had this believable romance. We talked about this during the Anime Awards podcast. Where Horamiya, which I snuck a peek at, by the way, is is so good because it operates on a genuine romance. A one-on-one -on -one 
genuine romance. And it's very good. It's, it's a breath of fresh air. It's just what the doctor ordered. And this romance here in Earth Child is also what the doctor ordered. The problem is, is that it's on the wrong fucking magazine. Yeah. Because if you've read the comments, I mean, unless you're a glutton for pain, don't do it. The comments have been very negative. Because, again, this is a vi this manga is in the wrong place. Artistically, it looks like a shoujo. Structurally, it's a manhwa. It's literally a Korean webtoon. If you told me that this was the adaptation of a light novel series, I wouldn't even blink. Because this feels like a light novel. It's very dialogue heavy, but thankfully, it's good dialogue. This almost plays out better as a book than a manga. And again, I go, what is this doing on Jump? On a magazine that, that it's far more visual, that follows a very distinct style, it's very action-oriented. Um, and this here, it's, it's too good for Shonen Jump. This is too good for Shonen Jump. It's too good and it's too different. You know what I realize is something I really like about it, actually, um, in terms of presentation. Uh, so as you're talking about with it being all very wordy, there are very few occasions, except for one that I'm looking at right now, where a dialogue box, it won't take up like more than the square that it is in. Yeah, look, this this guy is very principled. Again, I mean, expect no less from him. He, he's seasoned. Mm -hmm. He's got two full series on his belt, and he's an assistant of Araki. He knows his shit. I, I was just looking. Uh, Soul Catch has lasted, like, 11 volumes yeah. going from 2013 to 2016, so that was a monthly manga. It was, it was a solid run. Yeah. I, we talk about how we have a bunch of newbies on the magazine. This I mean, I can see why they were very happy to have him. He's very seasoned. And I, I, I honestly, Val, I genuinely hope this does well. I do too. It's I'm not really for me. Looking forward to it, actually. I love it as a one shot. What it's promising ahead of the road, I am not interested in. But I am going to read it. I am going to support it because I want to see them pressing the envelope more like this. Mm. I talk about. I, I, it would be hypocritical for me to bitch about Doraran and then complain that Earth Child's too different. That would be hypocritical. That would be stupid. I am rooting for Earth Child. Let's fucking go. That being said, are you the, the torchbearer for Dr. Stone and Demon Slayer and freaking Mashal and all these shonens that are wrapping up? I don't know. Are we really redefining? Because I, 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 this isn't a redefinition of shonen unless the story is going to radically change from here and it's going to start showing more like it's a shonen. Because right now, it's a shonen. It's a, it's a romantic manhwa, really. Mm -hmm. There's no other way to fucking describe it. If, if, you're, if you're familiar with webtoons, I am you'll not. read this and go, this is like a high-quality webtoon, which I like. I, I, I very much enjoy webtoons. So I'm, ha I'm, happy to see, I'm happy to see that this style is now making its way over here. I just think it's on the wrong magazine, is all I'm saying. No, and, and that's fair. I, 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 I think this is too good for the jump audience. I mean, you've seen the comments. The jump audience is kind of disgusting right now. I do genuinely. I mean, the the comments actually. They want they want more pie charts and paragraphs, Val. <laughs> the comments have actually lightened up, as far as I can tell, uh, in the comments now. I think so, because I think the because I think the word of mouth is getting out now, mm -hmm. and now the more seasoned readers are like the more mature readers are going, hey, 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 hey. This is something. This is a really competently well done first. This is chapter. very competent. I'm not saying this is the next big thing, but. 
I'll take this over what Jump's been bringing us so far. So is this the start of a new generation? Time will tell. Because the other, it's other contemporaries, I have very little faith in. My only other, my only other um, contemporary that I'm all in on is, as we said last week, Yomi no Sugai. Hmm. But Yomi Su no Sugai is kind of more the same. It's very classic. It, 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 it's it's more antiquated than the rest. It's not doing anything new. It's just it's it's, it's kind of just re, it's not reinventing the wheel. It, it is the wheel. It's it's one. It's an old tried and true wheel. It's it's old reliable. I I want to ask you a question. Actually, that's uh, occurred to me. What sort of tropes do you think Earth Child is going to get hit with? For example, for example, for example. Harem. There's going to be so many single moms. <laughs> Just begging for this guy's dick. If this if this really is a true shonen, and they're about to pull the wool over eyes and say, "Ha, just kidding. This actually sucks." We're gonna see. We're gonna see. Um, the kid's a little bit older. Basically, someone someone's looking at Spy X Family from the other side of the, the looking glass and going, "Oh yeah, I could do that." And you have a cute little kid and a dad. You got a bunch of single moms. There's some kid. There's some kid supporting cast, and one of them is like creepily. You know, he's he's there for the pedophiles. <laughs> I, I feel like we're getting there. You know what I mean? This the, the kind of shit that Dragon Maid does. God, I hate Dragon Maid. I don't even hate it. It's like so well made, but it's like, oh, <laughs> I don't like. It's like, oh, can you direct that energy? Can we get more seasons of Violet Evergarden instead? <laughs> well, Violet we... Evergarden ended. Violet Evergarden straight up ended with the movie. Very satisfactory too. So yeah, no, I don't want more Violet Evergarden yeah, no, because the don't. ending was perfect. I think there's gonna be aliens. I think the meteorite is going to have been orchestrated by some kind of other planet's child, like Mars child or some shit like that, alone Ooh. on fucking Mars. Okay. Or something. Um, I think they're going to try and expand on these Earth children having multiple powers or unique powers to themselves, naturally. Gonna go to like some special Earth child school. Get yeah, some I think in there. the kid. Like you said, a little bit older, but not like a teenager. At least, I, I I wouldn't mind if it is like... Like, maybe maybe the dad's not even involved. Maybe, like, or like, maybe like he's like a background character now, kind of like in Baka Ai, like Akane Banashi, where it's like, okay, see you, dad. I'm off to fucking continue my avenge did my you, mother. <laughs> did you look at the second chapter for that? Because I only just looked at it to see if the dad is alive. I was like, where's the dad? Tell me he's still alive. I want Ivan to be wrong. He's alive. He's just dead in spirit. Is he? Did you see? Is he there? No, I did not see him. But I think they've introduced... Uh, he's dead, because he's dead! No! I liked him. Uh, I, I think... um, I, I think either the kid is going to be groomed by the government to be, like, the next, like, protector of Earth, basically, from a young age, and learning from, like, another one, essentially. Because they did not go into anything about how the government kind of, like, work with these people. Okay, now here's the thing. The kid, the, the the boy on the cover, does not look like. Does he look different than the dad? Then does he look different? Oh, wait, no, no, he no, looks, he looks just like the dad. He looks just like the dad. I was gonna say, I, I'm thinking, is this like a like a like a like a fake out? Like the story is gonna be the kid older. Now yeah. he's 14, and now it's just My Hero Academia. I hope not. And it really does become the care of the torch. And then we and we complain that we got exactly what we asked for. <laughs> no, um. <laughs> Although, two things. Because we'll never be happy. Did you notice that at the end, basically, the little baby, I, I'm pretty sure, it's not translated that well, but I'm pretty sure the little baby just stopped his father's neck from getting pierced by a tiny bit of shrapnel that shot out of space from the meteor. 
Let's look. It's in the last. It's the last panel, right? If you go, yeah, it's in the last couple panels. It's that bit where like he's shaking, and then suddenly he realizes there is a rock right by like his neck, and I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be one of the bits of rock that is falling out of the sky, almost yeah. penetrated his fucking neck. We, he ca he catches it. it. Oh, he catches a rock. Yeah, right there. Yeah, that's not subtle at all. He does it. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I didn't realize that. I thought he just picked it up or something. No, he floats. It's literally floating right by his neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so he realizes that he's an Earth child. Also, it's like very obvious he's an Earth child because his eyes also look like the planet Earth. I guarantee that'll be a thing where it's like, oh, I'm Jupiter child. And it's like, oh, or Saturn child. They'll, they'll have like little rings in their eyes or something around like their pupils. Yeah, let's fucking go. Okay, yeah, so let's now let's go. I like now Earth let's child. say because we we brought up my we saw we said my hero academia two times already. If we say it again, Deku comes out of my mirror and chokes me. So what were your immediate thoughts this chapter? Mine are short. Mine are fuck yeah, let's go, let's fucking go, hell yeah. Um, so what happens in this week's my hero academia chapter three forty five? We see the division plan and go. We get more Monoma screen time. Great, always, always. Welcome. And he's pulling out shit-eating face. I love it. Endeavor reveals the plan to All for One. He goes, hey, we divided you fuckers. Which All for One then describes, yeah, but you also divided yourselves. Hope you're strong enough. And I'm like, good shit. And he talk and, and All for One starts shit-talking and goes, hey, you literally made your sons face off. You, you separated yourself from your son so he could do your dirty work for you and kill your other bastard's son. He goes, why would you continue to abuse your, your children? I'm like, shit. Call him out, clapping. Mm. Um, I'm like, great, great. This is already great. Then in the middle of the fight, Deku gets pulled away into another portal. And once they once all the portals close and everyone kind of gets their bearings, goes, okay, we've got our teams. And people go, wait, where's Deku? Toga, because she has this uncanny ability to hide her presence, Got skirted around Deku's danger sense. Mm. Pulled him away, so now Deku is in the wrong fight. It's Deku and Ochako versus Toga. Because something had to go wrong. Because something had to go wrong, but that being said, I feel like this is a bit overkill. Mm. Deku could one-shot Toga, can he? She Unless, of course, she sad man prays him. It depends on what quirks she can steal now. What if she has all for one's blood? I mean, then again, that wouldn't work because she's not close to all okay, for Okay, okay, remember, remember that. Monoma couldn't steal one for all. Hmm. And remember that Stain licked Deku's blood and All Might says, you, there has to be a willingness. There has to be an awareness to inherit. Hmm. You can't just ingest a one for all's user's blood and magically get the power. It, that That is an exchange. The giver... Has to has to give the blessing to the receiver, and the receiver has receiver has to accept. True. That's how it works. So no, that will not happen unless some bullshit happens. Unless Toga's thing recreates the quirk in her body. Yeah, one or some. Maybe she won't get one for all, but she'll get something in there. We shall see. Only time will tell. Um, but it'll be interesting because Toga. It, it, it all depends on what quirks Toga has at her disposal right now that will make that fight interesting. That being said, Deku Ochako team up. Yeah, let's fucking go. Let's give it If we're going to make this romance believable, more screen time is appreciated. I need to ask, does Deku have all the powers yet? He has still yet to reveal number two because it's clearly still Bakugo. Okay then, I thought so. Until proven otherwise. <laughs> I was about to say, 
Okay, it feels like we're in the final battle. Is this really where he's gonna activate? Yes, he's gonna activate number, number two, two, and it's gonna be an explosion, and we're all gonna go fuck. Is number two gonna be that big? Like, is is all for one? Gonna be like, I have this power that sends people into portals, but I don't know where the fuck it goes, and it's gonna be time travel. And it's gonna turn out it was Bakugo. Bakugo's actually lost a time or something. It's shit. weird. That being said, so let's talk about the teams. They've they've somewhat discerned the teams. We have Endeavor and Hawks versus All for One. Uh -huh. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Very. We've got Todoroki versus Tuya. Awesome. That's exactly what we wanted. We've got Bakugo and Genist versus Shigaraki on a floating UA in the sky. Looks pretty sick. Looks pretty sick. Why? Because it looks cool. Fine by me, Horikoshi. This is why I love you. You just do shit because you just want to do it. It's completely unnecessary. Shigaraki, literally. UA. What's going on? It's on a floating UA. Again, he was listening to our podcast. It goes, I, no, it's not going to be. It's not going to be in the UA grounds because it's going to be in the UA sky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like this. And then you have Deku and Ochako in a swamp by an aquarium versus Toga. I was about and to say, that aquarium looks sick. I don't know what. That, that is a cool, awesome Battle set piece. I like. I hope they better go in that aquarium. But I don't know why. There's something about that aquarium that's very Jojolian to me. Of course, yeah. No, I mean, Jotaro Kujo will be there studying. But um, yeah. So we have a mountain, we have a swamp, an aquarium, and a in a sky temple. It's basically as UA is turned into a sky temple. It's Castle in the Sky. Are they back at the mountains where? Gigantamachia was hiding, or is yes. it the train Yes, that's where they ground. found, that's where he was hiding. So yeah, they're in okay. those mountains. I thought the name was familiar. But I feel like there's going to be more. I feel like there's more settings. It can't be just those three. No, I, I, I feel as though as well, because all the other characters are obviously going to get paired off. I think this is just the first chapter of Oh, I'm sorry, I, I forgot. There's, there's another setting we forgot. The the, the All Might statue in Kamino. They're, yes. they're back in Kamino. I'm surprised that, um... Ground Zero. I'm actually very surprised that Toya and, uh... Chili are the ones who actually get that place. It, yeah, the, the, the settings that they are given are very interesting. Mm. I, I'm wondering if they have anything to do with, like, you know, the characters or anything like that. It, it should be cool, though. I'm, we shall see. Yeah, we shall see. But I am very happy that we are finally getting, like, right into it. Finally. Yeah, it, it feels, it feels, dude, we talked about we were spinning our wheels for a couple months. But it makes sense because he was getting his rest in to go off. Mm -hmm. And he's going off. He is, yeah. This is sick. But this is probably the rest of our year now. This is probably the rest of our year is just multiple phases of this fight. So strap in. I, I don't know if you said, but uh, Ida is actually there with Chili. I don't know why his name's eluding me right now because he's- kind of... it, 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 He's Todoroki, he's Todoroki. Todoroki. thank you. I don't, he's just my least favorite. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I, I'm not that- He's my least favorite in the original, but that's the reason why we refer to him as Chili because he's far more compelling than the abridged. <laughs> No, I, I'm genuinely hoping that this this final art can actually sell me on Todoroki, because I it Todoroki. Should. He got a hell of a frame. That's a beautiful frame he got. It, no, it is. It's in fact he got a lot of cool frames. He's the first one like that they see that Darby sees at least. Like you know he's the first hero. Yeah. Like it, it's really cool actually. So maybe final arc will actually sell me on Todoroki after seven eight years. Seven years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, well, I hear the thing, but the fact that Monoma is still in play, I feel like there's going to be some... I think Monoma is going to keep switching locations to keep people on their toes. Like, we're going to get some fights, and then we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna play musical chairs, or we're going to go to other new locations. We're never going to stay in one place too long, 
to minimize damage, which would be really smart and also very interesting. Dude, I think Anima is with all for one. I hope so. I hope so. I'm... I, I don't have the chapter up, but I'm gonna say he is. I, I don't know. There's this guy that, like, vaguely... I think it vaguely Okay, looks you're like making him. me look up the chapter now. Yeah, it's the big it's the big frame where they're getting chucked through the portal. Yes, I'm looking at it right now. You see Kamui Wood, you can see uh Tokugami, yeah, I can remember him, you can see the student counselor, dog man, and I swear to god there's this guy falling down with this little backpack thing, and I don't know what it's the shape of his body and the shape of his fucking head. I'm like, is that anima? That's not anima. And if anything, wouldn't this place be the best place to go because Anima can control animals and this seems like it'd probably be the best place in a that forest? or the fucking swamp. Or the swamp. I think he's in the swamp, honestly. Might be good. Oh, oh, you know what, dude? Uh, I'm gonna say it. Uh, Deku's gonna freaking wreck because Killer Whale is like in the background with Deku. I see Frog. Oh, I didn't realize that Froggy's also. Yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've got Killer Whale there. This is a sick team. And they've got, dude, it's so good. This is like an aquatic team or whatever. Okay, I'm looking now. It's not just an aquarium. They're literally in the middle. Like, you know in SeaWorld? Yes. Like the, the, the stadium? That's where they are right now. That's sick. But how the fuck are they? F oh, wait, is it, is it Uravity? Is she like done it? Is it it's just, it's just shallow water. This is like where the trainers stand. Oh, okay. I've literally never been to like SeaWorld or anything like that. We don't really And you never like should. Um... But yeah, no, you got Orca, Deku, Froppy, and Ochako. So far, there's probably more people, but this is a sick team. This looks like a smaller fight. It does. A more intimate but, fight. Well, I'm going to say it. It's probably for the best that they have Killer Whale. And it looks like they might have one more person, but it's shaded. I don't know if that's like a thing. There's like a bit of shading by Ochako's. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, you're right. I see. There's definitely more people, but probably some nameless hero. If yeah, not and like. all I'm going to say is Toga has two Nomu backing her up. So it's probably for the best that Deku got here. Two Nomu, she's got that fish man back from the USJ arc. Yeah, no, I, I think it's for the best that Deku is here. They have two Nomu and like killer whales one thing, but... But they, but, but they need him against Shigaraki is the problem. Exactly, exactly. But now we're getting Bakugo versus Shigaraki, so let's freaking go. I remember we were saying that it would be best if he went up against all oh, for, for one. one. Yeah, yeah, that that would have been like probably the best matchup in terms of like who would he fight or who would be the best for him to fight because as we said, Bakugo retrieval arc, massive thing. Uh, that's still probably personal for Bakugo. Most of, wait, 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 was that Gigantamachia? I just saw them for a second. No, he's not there. Okay, no, no, he's yeah, still yeah. sleeping. Yeah, no, it's it's behind Darby. I saw, I thought I saw Gigantamachia's face. No, it's just a guy with a massive chin. God, I'm still looking at fucking Todoroki's frame. No, it, it's, it's a sick. You got frame. the exhaust coming out of his backpack. Oh my god. I was really expecting the frame when I saw it with like everyone pouring out on the mountain. I thought that was gonna be the big frame. No, Todoroki got the best freaking. He got frame. he got he got he got the money shot yeah, this no, week. He looks really freaking cool. In fact, it's probably the coolest I've ever thought his outfit looked with the steam or whatever coming out, the cold air. Cool as hell. So with that said It's pretty solid. I, I like it. I mean, what, what's it to say? It's it's the arc we were whining about for the past like six months. We're like, where where is this? When's the war? We want, we want war. What a horrible thing to say. Stars and Stripes feels like an age ago. It does, and it wasn't. It was literally the previous arc. Feels like forever ago. Vigilantes? I think 
we actually gonna put a it's pin out. in it? I think I think Oh. You know what? Yes. You know what? So guys, Val and I usually record at a certain time every week. And we went we decided because of Elden Ring to go super earlier. So as we were recording this, Vigilantes came out. So literally Val and I are now going to read Vigilantes in real time. Is what we're going to Hell do right yeah. now. Some classic freaking uh Joycast stuff. You're going to get a, our fresh reactions. Okay, so there was a transition. I don't know what the transition will be. It'll be either be blank space or we'll put a funny little meme or something. I don't know. But Val and I just read Vigilantes 120. And uh more of the same. It's just more of this fight, man. But interesting thing. Again, it begins on all for all for one talking, and it's like go away, all for one. We're tired of you. Mm. But hearkening back to two things: one, he brings up the singularity, the quirk singularity, and he talks about there being something beyond the singularity, which is fascinating. Is that something? Only time will tell in the mainline series, I believe. But apparently, All for One wants to achieve something beyond the singularity. There's something there he wishes to reach. Something that only our boy Koichi, superior in every way to that other kid, could achieve. Where he seems to be getting close. He seems to be getting closer to anyone else to it. Then, inside, again, th this is something that's been discussed many times before. The fact that inside each quirk is the shade, the consciousness of the person those quirks are stolen from. And so, even inside All for One's consciousness, there is a piece of Knuckle Duster. Yes. And he says, get the fuck out of here. We're tired of you. <laughs> so he's saying what we've been saying. And even All for One is shocked. He's actually like, if you look at his face, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, oh no, someone who's actually cooler than All Might. <laughs> and so they go, they fight all of the citizens, all of Koichi's friends root Rooting for him. For him yeah. And now they're setting the cheer up. The squad can't talk. They're just dancing, which is kind of funny. Right. But yeah, they're just like, they're all just gathering. They're cheering on, uh, they're cheering on uh, Koichi. And now they are setting up to evacuate the rest of the street and wrap up this fight. And the heroes have finally arrived. We have Best Genus. We have Edshot. We have Ingenium. And we have Eraserhead. I didn't even notice a race ahead was there actually. The way that they cut it, the fact that it's like uh, triangles in the background, I guess. I didn't even notice a race ahead somehow. I, I am tired of this fight, but I'm still like, you know, looking forward to it coming to an end. Maybe next week. Um, I, I feel like. The, it's not like Dr. They, Stone. They'll order like 20 more pages of the. 20 more chapters of this fight, but Dr. Stone has to wrap up. They will somehow find a way to keep it going. Also, um, the people at the Hopper Cafe, like, uh, a lot of the people that got taken over by the drug early season, like the eel dude, the mantis guy, and his, uh, associates, they show up and everything to lend a helping hand and, I think, save a guy from falling debris. Uh, also, this is... Hmm. Koichi looks the most messed up I've ever seen a character in My Hero Academia. But... Then I think about Mirko in the war arc. Yeah, I was gonna say, there's always Mirko, so yeah, no, Yeah, there's always but... Mirko, where her limbs literally got twisted into nothing. He's still pretty rough, though. Oh, yeah, like, he's missing a teeth, uh, he's, like... I, I, I dig the desperation 
in his actions. Like, the way that he is, like, sliding down the wall with one hand before yeah. he, like, lands hard on the freaking ground, like... Even though his man. bones are already freaking grains of sand, he's still taking hits like this. I don't Dude, know, man. I'm expecting... This is too much. This is painful to watch. I'm half expecting at the very end, it's gonna be like, come on, Koichi, can't you get... Like, I can't feel my legs. But he's gonna be a freaking, like, fucking puddle of fucking goop at the end of this fight. Like, come on, Koichi, time to go home. And you see a fucking just slime on the ground. There's a blood stain. That's all that remains of Koichi, because this man, this man, he, he, he fucking burned himself out carrying this fucking series, carrying this franchise. <laughs> That's what happens when you, uh, reach beyond the singularity, Ivan. You turn to slime. Yeah. Primordial ooze. You become the you can become the slime. It's slime time. That's beyond primordial ooze. But yeah, there there really wasn't much to say about vigilante. No, this week. sadly, it's still. If, if I was talking about fucking my hero prolonging its stuff, this fight has been going on for over a year now. Oh man, I do kind of like. But it's all right. I kind of like the introductions of the heroes and stuff. Like literally, like a Spider-Man moment with the reporter lady when Best Genius comes in. You get the ignition from Ingenium's like engine. Um, I always forget what the ninja guy's deal is. What is with the ninja guy? Edshot makes Ed himself shot. thinner. He can basically stretch and make him like he he can fit into tight spaces and like increase his speed by like momentum. It's like, it's like, it's like a flat Ant-Man is what it is. I have never, Ivan, only now do I actually know what Edshot does. Never have I even known what he does about being flatter or anything like that. It's just never occurred to me. He's a good influence. He's very fast. He's very competent. Mm -hmm. he, he's one of those, he's one of those heroes who's, who's more competent than their quirk even is. They do a lot more. He's like a, a support mage or something. In D &D. He's he's really good at infiltration. He's a he's a good backup. Like when you're in the middle of a big operation, you want Ed shot there. I gotta say, Ivan, I and that's what he does. I want to play D and D so badly. Wow! If only you could. If only you were part of a D and D group, but you refused to join. I in. know it's terrible, isn't it? Do it. I'm serious. It is a great game. I think it's not gonna be next week, but Ranking of Kings is ending soon, <gasps> and and when we do. We want to do an episode dedicated to anime. We want we want to dedicate an episode to Ranking of Kings and Dungeons and Dragons. Rewatch. That's that's an episode we want to do. So we're getting close. So that that that's we always end on like a tease of what what's to come. But this won't be next week. But in the coming weeks, get ready for a D and D episode of Joycast, where we finally step outside. We talk about our marketing is anime, manga, and more. Where's that more? The and more. The and more is coming, everyone. Mm. But until then, we're uh, we're piecing out. I would say it's a good time to, yeah. My Hero Vigilantes, pretty mid. But it's nice, as always. This I, week. I, don't I'm, say, don't, no, don't, don't no, say no, My Hero Vigilantes, general, pretty no, mid. Just this you week. Say, just this week. You say 120. You say specifically chapter 120, pretty mid. My Hero but Vigilantes, but only relatively. chapter 120, a little bit mid. But there's shit I like there as usual because I'm an optimist. Right. But otherwise, farewell, everyone. Everyone, stay off Twitter this weekend. Take the, you, you've worked hard this week. Stay off Twitter this week. Agreed. Nothing going on there concerns you. Everyone else, stay safe. Love each other. Have a good one. Mind the gap as you exit our podcast safely.
Rebuild of Joycast is hosted by Ivan Leroy and Valentine Stokes. Leroy's written and directed works can be found on the Joyride Entertainment YouTube channel and the soon-to-be-released original web manga, Paramedic. Val's dulcet tones can be heard in many of your favorite anime and web series, such as Ruby, Death Battle, Tribe 9, Lackadaisy Cats, and more. This episode was edited by Stina Carey, with YouTube version edited by Cody Rock. Music provided by Lo-Fi Geek. Intro and outro narration by Stina Carey. Outro music composed by Michael Payovich. Logo and visuals designed by Ivan Leroy. Rebuild of Joycast is produced by Joyride Entertainment and Rock Voice Productions, LLC, and made possible thanks to Patreon donations from generous listeners like you. This month's highest-tiered Patreon producers are Mr. Host, Austin, Jairo Medina, and Gooner Bear. If you would like your name shouted out at the end of each podcast, an invite to our private Discord to interact with fans, cast, and crew, or early access to all of our content, be sure to check out Joyride Entertainment's Patreon. Links provided in the description. Thank you for keeping Joyride's engine burning.